one strike from victory. Two outs. And here's what you pay to see the best ever. Baronta jumps on this pitch deep left field. Good evening, Birdland. This is Steven with the Final Strike Podcast brought to you by the Baltimore Battery. Coming to you as our newest episode is underway. So, how is everybody doing tonight? I know the Orioles lost uh, to the Phillies. We lost the series two games to one. Um, Unfortunately, I know people feel like we haven't been playing up to par, but since the All-Star break, we're actually 8-5. and So, a little bit better than I might feel. We lost two games against the Dodgers and Phillies, but we took three games against Tampa Bay. So the good news is we're playing better than I think a lot of people think we are. The even better news is we're off tomorrow as we head back home to take on the Yankees for three. Bullpen should be more than rested. I mean, we got seven innings from Kramer. We got six innings from Gibson. And despite his struggles, we still got... Six and two-third innings from Kyle Bradish. So the bullpen was not overused. Uh, Felix Bautista was not used once during the series. Yenier Cano only pitched two-thirds of an inning. Uh, CNL Perez actually got probably probably the most work, honestly. Um, you could say Fujinami did, too. You know, he... He did pitch two innings last night, Very two very strong innings, no hits, no runs, three strikeouts. So, you know, take it from where it is, look at it from where we are, and think of where we were a couple years ago when a series loss like this would not have phased us. You know, a couple years ago we were in the don't worry, we're rebuilding phase or it's okay, we're going to get there eventually because we're building the right way versus now the losses actually bother us, you know. So two years ago, we were all right with the losses because we knew what we were building towards. Now that we're ahead of schedule, the losses sting. Uh, It feels like a back-to-back losses against a team competing for the playoffs who actually went to the World Series last year. Remember that. This is the team that went to the World Series for the NL is definitely stinging a little bit more. And that's a good thing. You know, it wouldn't sting if we didn't care. So we got to keep that in mind. The fact that we care is important. But at the same time, the sky is not falling. There's there's not mud where there's dry land either. So we got to keep things in perspective. Now, you know, there are some things we definitely do need some improvement on. Whether our bullpen is overworked, whether, you know, it's just struggles are manifesting into bigger situations because of how they're happening, I'm not quite sure. But there definitely is some concern with what's going on with the bullpen because it seems like you can't trust them lately. And I'm wondering if that might dictate how this series against the Phillies played out with the bullpen blowing the game last night and then not going to the bullpen tonight when Kyle Bradish struggled most of the night. So I'm wondering, you know, were we playing a little timid going into the Yankees series? Obviously an AL East opponent at home in the middle of a postseason race. 
tends to look a little bit different than an interleague series on the road in Philadelphia. So, you know, we can debate and argue this all day long. That's, that's, that's definitely something that can be debated about. Um, but only Brandon Hyde can answer that question. Only Chris Holt, Mike Elias can answer those questions. And we're all spectators guessing here. And that's, that's something that we need to remember. We're fans. We, we want certain things done a certain way. We want to see these players play here. We want to see this player jettisoned here. But in the end, we're fans. You know, we're not the ones paid to make the decisions. We're the ones who are paying to come watch the product. And in the end, our manager and general manager are going to put people in the best position that they feel is going to win. They have a sabermetrics department that analyzes lineups against particular situations, home, away, grass, turf, night, day, left-handed, right-handed, and various situations that's fed throughout the game. Those are the people that are going to make the decisions. It has nothing to do with what we, the fans, want to cry and scream and holler and hoot and rant about. It has to do with the people who are getting paid the millions of dollars to make these decisions. And this is where being a fan comes into play because fan is short for fanatics because we all get a little bit upset when things don't go our way. We all get a little bit cranky when our team does something that we think is boneheaded and dumb. I sat here tonight and I said that the reason we lost this series is because Brandon Hyde was timid to use the bullpen after blowing the game last night. Didn't know who to turn to tonight. Going into the Yankees series this weekend. It's my opinion. Could be wrong, could be right. But when you look how this series unfolded, you look how the series unfolded against the Dodgers, and then you look how we utilize the bullpen in the Rays series, kind of makes you wonder. You know, how how do we take three different series and so drastically change the way the bullpen's utilized in each one? That tells you the type of opponent you're playing, that tells you where you're playing, and that tells you the situation you're playing against, which comes into the factor there. Tampa Bay Rays, we were fighting for first place. We overtook first place. A little bit more at stake. So, you know, you get Felix Bautista, who pitches three of the four games, works two innings in one game, and then two innings in the last two games. So worked four innings in the three games. But then we don't see Felix Bautista in the first game of the Phillies game, which we won. Second game of the Phillies game, which we lost when our all-star setup man blew the late, blew the game. And then tonight, when our starting pitching is struggling, we don't even go to the bullpen until it's too late. So three different games in this series were played completely different based off availability of people coming out of the bullpen. Yannir Cano having a fantastic season is a question that, you know, people have to consider and look at and start wondering, is he being overused? Is he at this point where he's taxed? Then again, he's 29 years of age. He's been pitching most of his life. You know, he's been around the minor leagues for quite some time. He pitched 11 games in the bigs last year before he was sent down to the minors. 
um, between the Twins and the Orioles. This series already pits 44 games. But when you take a look at things since the All-Star break, that's when you start noticing things. In the month of July alone, Yanir Cano has had three save opportunities and blown all three of them. Yanir Cano was also 0-2 in 11 games with a 450 ERA, and his whip is sitting at 1.40. Opponents are batting 341 against Yanir Cano right now. Is he tired? That's a possibility. Ben McDonald brought this up last week in the series against Tampa Bay that the arm slot of Yanir Cano seemed to be a little bit uh, lower. Usually in those situations, when you see the arm slot of a pitcher tend to go a little bit lower or just a little bit, generally means their arm is a little bit tired. So Ben McDonald went through this watching the game the other day, and he actually mentioned it on back-to-back nights, which is something to keep an eye on. We're 102 games into the season, and he's pitched 44 games. He's pitched 49 in the third innings. My father and me had this talk tonight about, you know, the way pitchers are treated with kid gloves these days is not what we're used to seeing from 15, 20 plus years ago where starting pitchers gold standard was 300 innings. Your relievers pitched 70 to 80 games a season. Some of them pitching, you know, more than one inning each outing. You know, you're not going to see the reliever pitch 80 innings anymore. You're not going to see the starter pitch 300 innings anymore. You take the bare minimum amount of starters last year. You have 30 teams. That's 150 starters for a five-man rotation. 150 pitchers last year. Of 150 pitchers, 11 of them hit the 200-inning plus mark. 11. I mean, you're, you're not even talking – what, 8% of the of the league was able to pitch 200 innings as a starter? And it used to be your starters would get 35-plus starts a season. Hell, there was a time Nolan Ryan threw 254 pitches in a 12-inning game. If a pitcher even approached 200 pitches in a game this in this time of baseball now, Not only would your pitching coach probably be out of a job, but your manager probably would too because they don't allow it. I mean, you you got kids nowadays who are having Tommy John surgery in high school, which is like the golden ticket to go to the majors. You know, kids are having Tommy John surgery at such young ages now to prepare their arm for limited usage. And, And that's what it's turned into. Pitchers are not the same that they used to be 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's it's a completely different game. Pitch counts are now a concern. You take Kyle Bradish, he pitched into the seventh inning tonight. He had 84 pitches for his total start. But he also gave up seven hits. He also had two walks. In 18 starts this year, he had given up more than three runs only twice. He gave up five runs tonight. Obviously, something was off. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and Brandon High can go back and say, well, we coulda, shoulda, woulda. But in the grand scheme of things, if your pitcher's struggling that bad, what is the point in having a bullpen if you're not going to turn to it? Brian Baker could have pitched tonight. 
Bauman only pitched a third of an inning last night. You know, uh, Coulomb, he was available. Yenier Cano only pitched two-thirds of an inning last night. Granted, he gave up four runs and, or four hits, two runs and two in the wall. But, you know, it's not like our bullpen was that depleted. We used Cole Irwin for the first time, I think, since the Tampa Bay series. And I think he was only used once there. And I, if I remember correctly, it was in the game we lost. He pitched two-thirds of an inning in the Tampa Bay series. So you even had Cole Irvin available. And in a situation where he could have come in handy tonight, you know, basically to give some other relievers some time off because Cole Irvin can pitch multiple innings. We wait until the very end of the game to bring him in. Question marks have to arise. This is why the next 10, nine days now until the trade deadline is going to be interesting to watch. We already got Fujinami who his first two outings, I think nerves kind of got the better of him, especially in the situation, you know, you go from a team who's going to set a historic rate for losses this year to a team that's fighting for first place in a postseason berth, you know, and you enter a game with a one run lead and runners on, of course your nerves are going to be a little shot. Turn around last night, two innings, three strikeouts, no hits, no walks, no hit batters, no base runners, period. And he was cranking out 100-mile-per-hour pitches like it was nothing. That's an arm that's going to be a benefit down the stretch. Are we going to make another move for a bullpen piece? It's possible. I, I really, in my opinion, and I've said it before, opinions are like armpits. Everybody has a couple of them, and from time to time they stink. But in my opinion, I think we need to add another bullpen arm. I don't think Austin Voth coming back is going to be the answer. I do not think Keegan Aiken coming back is going to be the answer. If CNL Perez can pitch like he pitched the previous two nights, I think we'll be okay. Uh, he'd give up a hit and a walk and a run tonight, but CNL Perez has actually shown improvement from where he was at the start of the season. So if we can get him on track, that's definitely a big, big thing. I still think Nick Vespi should be up with us. Nick Vespi did a phenomenal job when he was up with us. Twice pitching multiple innings, saving our bullpen. Both times were over two innings. So, you know, the guy came in, did his job, and his reward was we send you back down because now CNL Perez is all right. Well, you know, maybe keeping Vespi up, who is younger, would have been the better solution. We don't know, but it's, it's where we're at. The other thing we got to look at now is Aaron Hicks is on the IL. It is a minor hamstring strain. But remember, Aaron Hicks is also 33 years of age. Those kind of things you have to kind of worry about because we don't tend to heal the same way as we do as we get older. A minor strain to somebody who's 23, 24 is different than somebody who's 9 to 10 years their age. Not trying to say Aaron Hicks is old, but in baseball years, he's up there. And, you know, there were actually some questionable plays with Aaron Hicks in the outfield. You know, he's lucky that ball wasn't overturned the other night. That was that was a big difference maker. But they made up for it with the Santander one later on in the game. But he's, he's there's been some questionability with some of those plays in center field. You, we brought Ryan McKenna up, but 
could it behoove us to honestly look into a outfielder on the trade deadline? I don't think we're going to look at a starter. I think we'll we'll definitely look at least uh, uh, obtaining at least one more middle reliever. But you know, you have the likes Jorge Mateo the other night in the game got spiked. I don't know how it was not called, you know, intentional because everybody who saw the replay could see the guy's leg go into the base and then pop up into the shin knee area of Jorge Mateo. And I'm honestly surprised Jorge Mateo stayed in the game. Kudos to him. You know, definitely was a benefit, especially since the night before. Gunnar Henderson had to leave with lower back problems, which had kept him out earlier this year for two games. So, you know, those are the things we've got to look at. What moves need to be made at this point with the trade deadline coming, or do we ride it out and use the talent we have in the minor leagues and go from there? It's a 50-50 proposition right now because we have the talent in the minors. Will moves have to be made? Yes, 40-man roster might have to be adjusted. 26-man roster might have to be adjusted. But good news is Cedric Mullins was doing some light running. We don't know how, how amped up the running is, but he's been doing some fielding and hitting. That's a good sign. That means that the groin area is not as tender as it, as, as it was when he went on the I.L. Does that mean we have him back in a couple weeks? I don't know. Could be a couple weeks. Could be a month. Could be September. But with Cedric Mullins out, with Aaron Hicks out, all of a sudden a position of depth has now become a position of shallowness. We still do have Kyle Stowers. So, I mean, there is that option. Of course, there's Heston Kerstead. We can add him to the uh, 40-man roster. Of course, then we have to make a corresponding move in the process. Adam Frazier, Ryan O'Hearn can also play in the outfield, which is a huge benefit. Then you go into the in, infield with Mateo. You know, we're not sure how bad he's hurt. I got to question some of the things with Mateo lately because he's not making plays that he made last year. I don't know if it's a lack of effort. I don't know if he's tired. I don't know if he's hurting. I, I don't know the answer to that, but... The Mateo this year is not the same as the Mateo last year. There's not that fire that was in him last year. But, you know, him, we don't know how bad his legs really hurt. Unfortunately, we do not. Um, Gunnar Henderson with his back, you know, that's going to be a concern managing that down the stretch as well. We got to look at depth for the infield at that point. You know, Westberg can play shortstop. Yes. Uh Urias, he can play shortstop in a pinch. Uh, I'd prefer to keep him between second and third base. Of course, there's also Joey Ortiz, which is on the 40-man roster. So, you know, we do have the ability to bring people up. We do have the ability to counter and fill. But unless we absolutely have to, I'd like to avoid having to do any of that. And I'm sure Brandon Hyde would say the same thing. But this is why you have the depth. You have the depth to to counter this. You have the depth to pick up the slack for this. You have the depth. So when the injury bug bites, you're able to counter and plug and fill and go. We don't just want to put a body out there to put a body out there. You've got to have somebody who's capable of producing in those situations. And I know a lot of people grumbled when McKenna came back up. But a majority of the outfield is going to be Austin Hayes, Kalser, and Santander. And then, you know, 
when we get Aaron Hicks back, great. But you also have Adam Frazier and Ryan O'Hearn who are going to play some outfield. McKenna is going to be what McKenna is, a defensive replacement, a pinch runner. He's going to start here and there. But McKenna's not a bad chat. You know, he's 30 years in the league, and he's held his own. He's he's done a, a good job being what we need him to be, and that's all we can ask. We don't need him to be anything more than that. You know, giving a player some rest, you know, after a night game and then playing an afternoon game, I'm all for it. Players like Hicks are going to need that rest. Players like Santander and Hayes will need that rest. So having the ability to have players like that around is important. They don't have to start every other game or start every two games. They start here and there. Or they come in at the end of a game, in a defensive game, to give people like Anthony Santander, who are not as strong defensively as McKenna. You know, And... Santander has been playing some really strong defense lately. So I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But McKenna has more speed, covers more range, and he's got a pretty good arm. So, you know, those those are things that you have to watch. Those are things that you pay attention to. And those are the things that we have to remember. Like I said, two years ago, we had these problems and it didn't phase us. Here we are now. And all of a sudden, we're freaking out over all this, all, all these losses and injuries. And, you know, it's okay. We're going to be just fine. We're 8-5 and five since the All-Star break. We're still in first place. We still have the second best record in baseball. We have the best record in the AL. Teams are looking up from us from the bottom. It's not as bad as it might seem. We're 5-5 five and five in our last 10 games, which is not horrible, especially when you consider that Tampa Bay's 2-8, and eight, Toronto's 5-5, five and five, Boston's 6-4, and four, and the Yankees are 5-5. Five and five. Tampa Bay's a game and a half back, Toronto's 5.5 back, Boston's 7 back, Yankees are 8 back. So it's not like we don't have a little bit of a cushion where we can afford to lose a game or two. Uh, we're 3 up in the loss column, or 3, I guess – Tampa Bay has three more losses than us, but we both have the same amount of victories. Um, You know, Texas, they just hit the 60-win mark. Uh, They have 43 losses. Uh, They're 6-4 and in their last 10. Houston's a team you all better pay attention to. They're 7-3 and in their last 10. Um, Atlanta's struggling. They're 3-7 and in their last 10. You know, so what I'm trying to get at is team struggle. Um, Arizona was leading the division going into the all-star break. They're now four games out of first place. And that's what the Dodgers playing five, going five and five in their last 10 games. So, you know, teams have highs and lows. Teams have ups and downs. You know, you could be Kansas City, who's got 29 victories, or Oakland, who has 28 victories, who, you know, it's more exciting to win once in a while for them than to win four out of five games like it is for us. Just got to take a deep breath. It's not the end of the world. Where, you know, you play 500 ball most of the season and you have, you know, two, three, seven to 10 game winning streaks, you're in good shape. We've had an eight game winning streak, a seven game winning streak, a couple five game winning streaks. I say we're playing pretty good. We're playing 608 ball. You know, we're on pace for 94 victories. Um, 
I, I don't I don't see where the sky is falling. You know, uh, yeah, I don't like to lose. Nobody likes to lose. Some people like me hate losing more than we love winning. But we could be where we were two years ago at 40 and 62. And then getting ready for a number one draft pick next year. So we get to worry about a trade deadline and adding to our team. We get to worry about a postseason push. You know, we, we have so much more to worry about than we did two years ago. Even last year. I mean, last year, you know, we did, we were in the postseason race until the end of the year, but we only finished four games above 500. It was nice. It was refreshing, but nobody expected it. And even us, most of us fans, you know, we, we were guarded going into the end of July and August because we weren't sure what was going to happen. You know, even when we traded away Jorge Lopez, you know, we started to worry. When we traded away Trey Mancini, we started to worry. And yet, we still were two games over 500 or four games over 500. Now, we're 22 games over 500. Let that sink in. We finished last year four games over 500. We are currently 22 games over 500. One and a half games up in the AL East. Second best record in baseball. Atlanta's three and seven in their last 10. They've lost two in a row. Minnesota, they're leading their division. Granted, they're 54 and 50, but they've lost two in a row. You know, you saw how quickly things turned for Tampa. Tampa's two and eight in their last 10. You know, as they finished the series with us, they had won four games out of 19. So things haven't improved much for them. They've won two games, you know, or won one more game since they last played us. So if that, that puts it in perspective, if they won four out of 19, they won five out of 22 of their last games. We overtook them for first place. Every team hits that struggle. Every team has a bump in the road. The better ones survive it. The better ones persevere and get better because of it. So we're going to get ready to play the Yankees starting Friday night. We're going to enjoy our day off tomorrow, refresh ourselves, refresh our bullpen, refresh our team. And then we're going to have one hell of a weekend in Baltimore. I want to thank you all for listening. We're going to close up here. This is Stephen for the final strike. I'd like to thank the Baltimore Battery for giving me the platform to speak on. Don't forget to check out thebaltimorebattery.com. We've got a lot of things going. Our newest writer, RJ, is got his new article out. Zachary Bucklow has his articles out. You know, Lauren Brock had the preview this season, this this week against the Phillies. Uh, so a lot of exciting things happening. Be on the lookout for more articles coming out. We have the recap of the Phillies series. I know people don't want to hear it, but it's worth reading. Definitely worth reading. So be ready. Check out thebaltimorebattery.com. Follow all the writers. See what everybody's talking about there. Give us a shout out. Also want to thank Scooters for Rent, my sponsor, for giving me the ability to do this um, and backing me up on this. Uh, if you ever in the Delaware, Maryland, Eastern Shore area and you need mobility equipment, handicapped scooters, beach wheelchairs, lift recliners, electric wheelchairs, or manual wheelchairs, 
Do not hesitate to give Scooters for Run a call at 302-280-6203. They are the fun alternative to walking. Be sure to tell them that Stephen from the Final Strike sent you. I want you all to tune in next week also. Uh, we will have a special guest. Uh, so I hope you look are as excited about that as I am. And until next time, Birdland, peace out. We're going to protect the nest this weekend. Code orange all the way. This is Steven signing off for the final strike. A spawn is one strike from victory. Wow. And here's what you pay to see the best ever. Lots of a chance on this pitch. Deep left field.